podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. All right, today is Wednesday and I'm here with uh, Jim Johnson. Hey everybody. Welcome back, Jim. Yeah, thanks for that. And Louis Rigoni. Hey Dolphins. We are going to talk about some transactions that occurred the past couple of days and uh, then we'll get into a little bit of a jet preview. Uh, we just played the Jets, but uh, we've got some things to discuss. As far as the transactions are concerned, Dolphins have been busy. They signed kick returner and wide receiver Trevor Davis. Uh, he's a fourth-year player. Uh, Oakland released him. They also signed running back Zach Zenner from Arizona. He's a fifth-year player. They placed Kalen Balaj on injured reserve. Um, he has a, a lower leg problem, we assume, with the Achilles. The coach has said it's it's probably not a serious injury, and uh, if we weren't so close to the end of the season, he would be back. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, we waive safety Montre Heritage. Now Davis had uh, 54 uh, kickoff returns in his short career. He averaged 22.3 a return. He's caught uh, 16 uh, passes for 205 yards and averages 12.8 a catch. So uh, he's got some flexibility there with him. Uh, Zenner played five seasons with three teams. He was with uh, Detroit, New Orleans, and Arizona. He played 40 games with six starts, had 177 carries for 683 yards. That's uh, 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, He also had uh, 29 receptions for 282 yards and averaged 9.7 a catch. Uh, He also has 11 uh, special team tackles. Uh, Nine of those were solo. He was originally an undrafted free agent of the Detroit Lions. Dolphins also uh, signed a two-year contract extension with Eric Rowe. Question now is, where is he going to play, cornerback or safety? I guess we'll see. But that locks him up through 2022. Now, he was originally a second-round pick of the Eagles. Uh, He was the 47th selection in the 2015 draft. The Dolphins today signed uh, Xavier Crawford, cornerback, uh, to the practice squad. Uh, he was on the roster for a short time, I believe. But anyway, they, they uh, waived him and, and re-signed him to the practice squad. Jason Sanders won uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. Is anybody surprised about that? Woohoo! When When kickers score touchdowns, Mike, they have That's to That's it. Win. They have yeah, to be, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, today they weren't done. They, they signed... Uh, uh, center guard Evan Brown off the Giants practice squad. Now, because they signed him, he has to go on their roster. They also signed wide receiver Mac Hollins. He was uh, somebody the Eagles waived. And we waived to cornerback Ken Crawley and uh, center guard Chris Reed. And that brings us up to date. That's a lot of moves for a couple of days. That it is. That it is. There was some interesting moves there, Mike. The uh, Rose signing is an interesting one. He's a guy they want as part of the team, and there's kind of a trend going on here over the last few weeks. A little bit. In regard to some of these veteran guys, uh, Rowe and Hearns. uh, It's interesting, you know, to see what they're doing. They're going forward. They're, you know, they're making moves for next year. Yeah, Yeah. they're putting 
Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I think the thing with Eric Rowe is uh, he's had quite a bit of success covering tight ends, and uh, exactly. that's been a huge weakness. So if if he's doing well at that, then give him the contract and let him go. Mm-hmm. They're putting pieces of the puzzle into place, and this is a good thing, and this is what we wanted to see over the course of this season. You're starting to see guys that are going to be on this roster over the next couple of years, and and it's a good thing. I mean, we didn't want to go through this season and sign. Not discover talent. Exactly. Yeah, right. And not have, you know, you bring in a guy like Hearns, you bring in a guy like Rowe, you're thinking, all right, well, it's a stopgap type of player, right? Well, now these guys are going to be part of this team over the next couple of years going forward, you know, barring yeah, injury right. and whatnot. So, I, I, you know, I always feel it's a positive thing. When they do something like that, when they give these guys that contract and, and solidify them on this football team, it, it, it's better for the player and it's better for the organization because now they can move on to other positions and other situations as to where they feel they need to fill gaps you know, and holes in this team. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned that they, they're, they're putting some of the puzzle pieces together into this thing and you know, in reality, they're actually identifying pieces that are part of the puzzle. And, you know, if, you know, Roe didn't look very good at cornerback, but he's looked good when in the last few weeks, you know, more in the middle at safety role and, uh, or a, a slot corner per se covering a tight end. So, you know, they're identifying who they've got and, and what they're good at. And if they want it to work, then they're giving them the contract. So I think, th- I think these are good moves. You know, it's funny to me how attitudes are different from player to player. You look at uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and uh, he wanted nothing to do with being moved around. Right. And you take a guy like Eric Rowe, and, you know, because he's not a first-round draft pick, you know, he's happy to have a job, and he'll do whatever you ask of him. Right. So sometimes there's an advantage to uh, taking somebody who may not be as highly touted. They don't think so much of themselves. Yeah. That's the screwy thing with Fitzpatrick. He's on videos, and they asked him, you know, in the draft, you know, procedures, uh, what his strong suits were. His versatility. And he said his <laughs> versatility and all of this jazz. And then he gets on the team and he stomps his feet and acts like a little baby. So, yeah. uh, you know, bye bye. Yep. Lewis, tell us about the Jets. Okay, we're going right into that, are we? Yes. All right. So we're talking about offense, correct? Yes. Well, nothing- should we be scared? <laughs> no, by no means. <laughs> this this offense is below us in some categories. So I, I don't think it's a situation where we have to be concerned with their offense. Um, Darnold's been average at best. I mean, he's had some horrible games. He looks good for a couple of weeks. And then he just goes into a couple of weeks of just really bad football. Um, you know, his touchdown to interception ratio was 13 to 10. His third down conversion or their third down conversion as a, as a unit is only at about 25%. So they're only con- converting about 25% of their third downs. So they're not a really, really good team in any facet of, of the game in regard to offense. Um, well, I, I know most people probably think more highly of their offensive line than they deserve. Yeah, they haven't been playing well on that offensive line. I think it's across the board. I think Darnold, they had, you're absolutely right. The offensive line hasn't played well, but Darnold 
hasn't played well. In some games, he's absolutely horrible. And yep. other games, he's been good. Bell, you know, to your to both your points a second ago, you know, he's only averaging 3.2 yards a carry. Now, when you, when you look at Le'Veon Bell and what he did in Pittsburgh, I think his average was closer to six year yeah. in and year out. I mean, he was dynamic. And the fact that this guy's rushing for 3.2 yards a carry and he's only he only has three touchdowns over the course of this season so far it 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 tells you a lot about the offensive line and maybe you know the play calling you know you can question that because we've been through that with Gase down here you know you always have to question the, 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 how he how he's conservative to an extent and how it seems like they don't adjust to defenses, they just run the same offense week in and week out. And, you know, I mean, there's definitely an issue there. Their receivers are okay. Uh, you know, Crowder's having a decent year. He's got three touchdowns. Robbie Anderson is pretty solid as well. He's averaging 15 yards a catch and he has three touchdowns. But this isn't a dynamic offense. Ryan Griffin leads the team in receiving touchdowns with, with five. So they like to go to him in the red zone. But Overall, this offense is just not very good. And I think that even with the injuries to our defense, I think you're going to see a game similar to the one you saw just a few weeks ago down here. I don't really see any changes in regard to um, their offense going up against our defense, unless Gase does things differently. You know, they start, they swing a lot of passes in the flat to to Bell or they do something different than what they have been doing week in and week out because again they just don't they're just not a good unit I mean they're I believe 28th overall yeah they've also been shooting themselves in the foot they had 10 penalties last week I think and eight of them were on the offensive side of the ball and uh, you start putting yourself in you know second 19 stuff like that you're in a world of hurt. So, uh, and then Darnold was just hanging on to the football for half an hour back there and getting sat, taking sacks, which, you know, an all-star, all, all pro offensive line can only protect a quarterback for a few seconds. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're 30th in the league in passing. Yeah, uh, it's, that's, it's, that's, that's bad. They're 31st run offense. I mean, they're just not a good unit. And, um, you know, you can sit there and try and put your finger on one thing. I think it's just a combination of a lot of different things when your offense is that bad. Now, when you look at us as an offense, we know what the issues are. We know the offensive line isn't very good. We know we don't have a good running back. With the Jets, you have a great running back there, and you have receivers that are comparable to the receivers that we're putting on the field right now. So you got to look at the coaching and the play calling, and you got to look at the quarterback play. And when you compare our offense to theirs, they have more dynamic players than we do, but we are a better offense right now. So, you know, you tell me where, you know, where the answers lie in regards you to You know, that. it's always a chicken or the egg argument, you know, whether it's the quarterback or the offensive line. It's just an argument that can go on forever. Correct. You know, you look at us last year and the offensive line was poor and and Tannehill played poorly. Yes. You look at our team this year, the offensive line is poor and and Fitzpatrick is is giving a respectable effort. Right. Absolutely. You go to New York, uh, you know, that offensive line I think is poor and and Darnold's struggling behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is struggling behind it. 
So who are you going to blame? You're going to blame the quarterback? You're going to blame the coach? You're going to blame the line? You can blame all of them because it might as well be all of them. They're just not getting it done. Exactly. That's the bottom line. There's yep. one thing I, I'd like to point out, and that's the discipline thing. I, you know, Gase had kind of undisciplined teams in Miami. And, Agreed. And you're seeing that same thing in New York. And, you know, Bell is a is a very patient running back, and he can wait for that hole to develop. But, you know, if you're not disciplined on your offensive line, it, it doesn't do any good to wait. That's what translates into lost yardage. But, you know, our offense is just lacking talent on the offensive line, but yet we're very disciplined. We really don't hurt ourselves like we did when Gase was the head coach as far as all of the pre-snap penalties. So, Yeah, he, uh, Flores has almost eliminated pre-snap penalties, yeah, it's, which it's, is so nice to see because, oh. you know, you talk about shooting yourself in the foot, and that's exactly what that is because now instead of a second and six, you've got third and 16, you right. know, and, oh, and yeah. that's tough to pick up. Yep. Uh, absolutely. So what about the defense, Jim? Well, the Jets are still rated like the sixth or seventh uh, defense. You know, it's, it's a mirage. Yeah, I don't. You know, when you look at the numbers, Philly's given up twenty three point seven points. The Jets are given up twenty three point three points. The Jets are given up three hundred and seventeen total yards, and uh, Philly's given up three thirty two. So I don't see the Jets being the number six defense when they haven't won many games and are allowing 23 points a game. So, and then when you look at these matchups, their secondary is beat up. Jamal Adams was in a walking boot not long ago, and he didn't practice today. Two of their cornerbacks, Poole and Mollet, he didn't, play, uh, didn't practice. Uh, one's got a calf injury, and, and Poole has a concussion protocol going on. So their secondary is dinged up. When you look at last few games, we've actually had some success throwing the ball. And Devontae Parker went off last week, and Mike Gusecki's having some great success. I think we can have even more success against this Jets secondary because they don't have anybody really that matches up well against Parker or or uh, Gusecki at all. So if we can keep the defensive line from smothering Fitzpatrick, I think we can have a lot of success against this Jets secondary. Well, I mean, if I'm the Jets, I, I am going to, you know, be blitzing linebackers and oh, yeah. trying, to, trying to get some pressure on him. They're going to have to. Because I don't think they're going to hold up outside if all those injuries stay, you know, concerns. Right. With that being said, though, Mike, I think the Eagles got burnt over and over again trying to cover guys one-on-one downfield. They, they were, did. And yeah. um, if the Jets go that same route, expect Fitzpatrick to put it up to our guys and yeah. you know and if that's the case our guys are going to come down with some footballs whether it be Gasicki or um Devante. You got confidence in these guys now, huh? What's well, that? You yeah, have confidence in these guys well, now. I mean, huh? you know that over the course of this season they're starting to play. Gasicki's yeah. had what four or five really solid games now, you know, the second yeah. part of this season He's come on, and Parker's been consistent all year. Hearns is starting to become part of the offense. So, you know, you have to – I mean, they don't have a lot, Mike, you know, past those few guys. You know, obviously the injury – Albert Wilson's playing a little bit better now, obviously. But, you know, losing Grant, Hurt, you know, losing – 
Um, Preston Williams hurt. So, and you know, it's a situation where guys are stepping in. I mean, but do you feel confident with a guy like Isaiah Ford being on the field at this time? Probably not. Not, not at all. Uh, you know, well, so. and when I say blitz them, I'm not talking about every down. I'm talking about, um, you know, on, on a third down when it's third and eight, okay, right, you know, right. I might consider blitzing then, yep. you know, try and double Parker and, and blitz and then take my chances with Kosicki one-on-one. You right. know? Or one of the other guys, right? right. No, I get exactly. that. Exactly. You I know, I'm not, I'm not doing it as a steady diet, but I'm going to pick my spots and I'm definitely going to try and uh, expose Miami's offensive line because they can be exposed. Absolutely. Exactly. And if you're the Jets, that's what you're going to have to focus on. Uh, and, and to counter that, you know, with the Dolphins, you know, we're going to have probably Patrick Laird at your your starting tailback. You know, he's been good catching the football. Uh, you know, granted, we can't run the ball still, but <laughs> he has at least looked, uh, he's flashed a little bit, which is great to see. And He, he looks know, like he's going to be a good receiving back. I yes, think so, yes. Absolutely. And he's he's shifty and he makes guys miss. That's something that Bellage really, really couldn't do. But you know, if we spread this defense out, there's going to be some mass mismatches and, and Fitzpatrick should be able to find somebody open. Yep. You know, I was reading an article today by the uh, Dolphins offensive line coach and uh, his philosophy really is blocking from the inside out. Yeah. And uh, what I mean by that is he will keep his guards and center relatively tight and he's telling them, if you get beat, get beat to your outside, not right. your inside. And then he lines the tackles uh, up, not as wide as some of the defensive ends, and tries to have those guys just run, you know, their their uh, defensive ends or outside linebackers a little bit past the quarterback. Let make that room inside for Fitzpatrick to step up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that whole offensive line is designed to create a small pocket to where he can step up. And uh, if you've watched the past couple of games, that's been working because Fitz has had. A pocket to step up into. Right. So if they can keep that up and they can do that against the Jets, then I like, I like their chances of, of scoring a decent amount of points. Uh, but if the Jets line is getting penetration, then the whole game changes. Yeah. It's funny, Mike, because early in games, we seem to struggle incredibly in yep. regard to our offensive line. And as the game progresses, they kind of settle in. They kind of settle in. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing them moving the football much better. They get off to bad starts, it seems like, every week. And it, and it, a lot of it has to do with the offensive line. So I don't know what the issue is there, but they do seem to settle in and they are getting better as the game progresses. So whatever philosophy is working there, all the power to them. Because if it's Patrick, I mean, some of it, some of it's on him. You know, he does oh, make definitely. them look a lot better. There's no question about it. But there's times where he has time to throw, and they have to produce to some extent. When you're putting that amount of points up on Philly last week, you have to give them some of the credit. Agreed. I think a lot of what the early struggles are with this offensive line is is we've got rookies and off-the-street guys and, you know, players that have been cut from other teams. And... These guys get into the start of a game and and these defensive linemen might be doing something that they weren't expecting. So they get blown up early. Well, he addressed that by saying if he put his 14-year-old daughter on the line, he's going to teach her how to block. There you go. There you go. But what I'm all I'm saying is that I did read that I did read I got through about half of that article today before the pod and uh-huh. uh you know, I did like what he was saying, but you know, if those linemen do something they're not 
ready for, then it, it won't go as well as they wanted it. Right. That's where stunts and, and you know, the, the defense trying to trick the offensive line comes in. Yep. You know, they've got to be heady. They've got to understand what the defense is trying to do to them. Yeah, something a guy like Calhoun hasn't seen much of. So, you know, that's going to be an adjustment. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, do you expect Miami to score over 20 points? Uh, I believe they will score over 20 points, yes. Are we doing predictions now, Mike? Is that what no, you're... No, uh, I just wanted to know how he saw that defense playing. Are you so, egging us on for predictions right now? Well, I mean, we're going to win the next three, aren't we? <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> Mike, let's take it one game at a time. I was referring to this game, not the rest of the well, season. Well, I mean, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's their season record going to be, Lou? Uh, uh, I mean, you know what? I, I honestly think they're going to win this week. So let me start with that. I think okay. they're, I think they're going to win this game. Um, I think they'll put up somewhere around 24 points, maybe even 28. And uh, the Jets will fall a little bit short of that. Uh, going forward, Bengal game is winnable, but... Well, they play the Giants after the Jets. They play, play the Giants after that. So that game's a winnable game. It is up in New York. We got to see what the weather's like. But the Jets haven't, uh, the Giants haven't played very well. I know Jones is going to probably miss this week. So if he does come back, it's going to be, I mean, you know what? That may favor us if, if Jones plays, because I don't really want to see Eli up there. I'll be honest with you. If, right. if we have to face Eli, and people may think I'm crazy, but if you have Eli on the field and they have Ingram back for that game, it could be a struggle for us, you know, with Barkley, obviously, and and Shepard's healthy. So if they put all those pieces together, they can give our defense some trouble up there, especially, like I said, if the weather's a concern. Um, yep. But that's another winnable game. Now, the game here against Cincinnati, I think we can win. They have Dalton in the lineup right now, so that benefits them. There's no question about it. They got one of their big receivers back this week, or they're getting him back this week in Ross. So that combination was killing people early in the season, and they can give us fits as well. So, you know, it, it's up in the air, but I, I see us winning at least two more games this year. That's about what I would think. Yeah. I see us winning two of Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Here's the thing, the way I think about this. You know, Flores has this team. You know, it's like the, you know, the I think I can train. You know, I think yep. I can. I think yep. I can. I yep. think I can. And these players are nobodies. You know, we got Nick Needham as our number one cornerback. Now, if you went back, you know, 10, 15 weeks ago, preseason time, you would have laughed if we told you he'd be your, you know, your number one cornerback. So these guys, <laughs> these guys are getting. I it. just said, oh no, who got hurt? I he's, know he's the next guy getting yeah. signed to a contract. Well, Mike. you know, I hey, got news for you. <laughs> I wouldn't be upset <laughs> about Jim, it. He's, say. he's played pretty well, but yes, we're on an ascending line, and you you look at the Giants and the Bengals and the Jets. Uh, they got issues in all directions, and. 
I'm going to say we're going to end up with five wins. We'll probably drop a game, you know, one of these last three. And uh, so I would say five wins. But, uh, you know, we talked about how many points we think the Jets are going to, we're going to get against the Jets. I'm with you. I'm thinking 24 to 28 on, on this game. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mike? I wish I knew, you know, I wish I knew. I, I'm really, to me, it's a toss-up game. It's in it's in the Meadowlands, and uh, I just see it as a toss-up. You know, the Jets are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, the weather's going to be in the low 40s. Uh, no rain expected. So I'm not going to say that favors Miami, but that certainly could be worse from our perspective. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they'll be able to throw if that's what they want to do, and uh, I think it. I think it'll probably be a close game. I will say Miami twenty-four, Jets twenty-three, because that's how they do it. Okay, uh, you know, getting back to Jim's point a minute ago. Now that we're past these predictions, um, <laughs> you know, going into next season, uh, you mentioned the Jets and you mentioned the Giants and you mentioned some of these other teams, Jim. Yep. I mean, who's who's in the better who's in the better position going in the next season right now? We're all comparable in regard to record this season, but going forward, who is in a better position, money wise, draft pick wise? We are head and heels above these other teams in regard to that. So th- there's a lot to be positive about. I think this this program and this regime is way ahead of schedule already. And, um, you know, you're seeing positive things as the season progresses. This is what we wanted. We talked about it from Mike, Jim, we talked about this going back to preseason that we didn't expect it to be a really good year. We expected when we looked at the schedule, we were looking at it and saying, I think I predicted them for maybe two wins, three wins tops. I think you guys had a few more wins. I think we were in the neighborhood of four or something yeah, like something that. Something like yes, that. That's what yeah. I remember. But, yeah. but, but the point is is that this team is ahead of schedule, and they're putting pieces of the puzzle in place, as we talked about earlier. And we're in a better position going forward than a lot of these other teams that are basically in the same boat as us in regard to records. I mean, who would you want to be? The Dolphins going in the next year or the Jets or the Redskins or the Bengals or any of these teams, even San Diego at this point. I mean, look at how they're struggling. I mean, they've got issues all over the place. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't have a number one draft pick next year. And yeah, they might go eight and eight, nine and seven, but going forward, where are they at? You know, so, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to be positive about in regard to this team. And we've talked about it over and over again. I think people are starting to come around, you know, I mean, look, everybody questions Greer and and rightfully so. Uh, He's going to have to prove he can do something with those draft picks and that, you know, that's on him. And we'll just have to sit back and see. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's like I tell people, look, if he hits on half of those picks, he's doing his job. Oh, yeah. Okay, because that's the average. If he does average, he's doing his job. If he does above average, that's great. If he does below average, we need somebody to do average or better. So that's how it is when it comes to the draft. So, yeah, right. You know, we'll see. And the free agent signings as, as well, Absolutely. Mike. I mean, you've it's got- a little tougher. That's a little tougher, actually. Yes. People think it's easier. I think it's tougher. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's tougher because... You're paying these players. They're now happy. Right. Okay, so they're not as motivated. Now, I'm not saying everybody because everybody is different. Yes. But I'm talking the majority. They get fat and lazy. 
Okay. <laughs> that motivation just isn't there like it was to earn that contract. Right. So the coach has to fight that. And then you have to fight, you know, the locker room mesh. Does he fit in with everybody else? You know, is he a team guy or a me guy? You know? Yeah. And all those other things. And, and you don't know that. You know, you don't know how the money is going to change the player. Yeah. So. You know, to me, it's harder. Yeah, right. Right now, it's pretty easy. You got all these guys that are off the street, and they're just excited. They're to hungry. Have a, they're yeah, hungry. They're excited to have a chance to make their way in the NFL. Exactly. And, and they're they're giving it their all. And I've been amazed at how the team has kind of. You don't see come, players quitting on yeah, plays. You yeah. don't see all that nonsense that right. we saw last season. Right. And and it's it's great to watch. You know, you might not win many games because the talent might not be there. And, but, but it's a more enjoyable product. Three yeah. wins, you know, how many games did we win last year? Exactly. And this year, it's, you know, we got blown out badly early on. Well, that wasn't so enjoyable. It but wasn't over, that. <laughs> overall, the product has been, the effort has been enjoyable yeah. to watch. Yes. Uh, the desire yep. has been enjoyable to yep. watch. Yep. Uh, watching the punter and kicker make a play and score a touchdown, that was enjoyable to yes, watch. Yes, it was. You know? And what a great call by the coaching staff. That, yep. that, that deserves, you know, a couple of, you know, they're all right points. Yep. Mike, the fact that... That's never happened, ever. Never, no. right. And, and the fact that they're allowing Fitzpatrick to do what he do what he, he has been doing is right. a key. They're not trying to run the ball 20 times a game. They're and, not, it, they're right. doing they're not what we their head against the wall. Right. We're, <laughs> we're doing... Mike, how, how many weeks ago, Jim, how many weeks ago did I talk about the fact that, listen, if they're going to win football games... They have to throw the ball 40 times you a game. You said that since yep. the minute they From, signed yep. Fitzpatrick. Yep. Right? <laughs> well, no, Mike. I said it after we, we traded Drake. I said, yeah. there's no running yeah. game left. That's when I said. But I remember you saying when they signed Fitzpatrick right. that I'm really looking forward to watching this guy play because he's going to throw it downfield. He's not going to be dumping the ball off like uh, somebody else used to do. Exactly. But. You know, at that point, I was just talking about him in general. I'm right. talking about the team as a whole. A few weeks ago, you know, when we traded Drake, we have no running game left. I said, it's a waste of time running the football. Throw the ball. We will be productive, more productive doing it, doing that. And to the coaching staff's credit, they understand that. They're not attempting to run the ball on first down every single series. They are airing it out. On most of those drives last week, they ran the ball maybe once. I mean, we talked about it on Monday during the podcast, Mike. Right. Every single drive, there was one run mixed in and five, six, seven, eight passes on these drives. That's right. what they have to do. And the coaching staff recognizes that, and they're doing it. They're not, they're not trying to do something that we're just not capable of doing, and they're not putting us in a position to where we're just – playing constantly upon constantly behind on downs, third and, and eights, what, third what and What do you nines. think they have to do on defense to win? They're strapped on defense. I mean, you know, the injuries to the secondary have killed us. I mean, yes. we knew we were going to be weak on, uh, you know, in regard to pass rush. And the secondary has just been depleted. Three out of the four starters are gone now. And they're doing a great job considering. I mean, don't you guys feel the same way? I mean, with a, with a patched up secondary? Yeah. I mean, they're doing okay. Yeah, I, not- I've been, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, Nick Needham is our is our number one cornerback, and right. he's, he's playing pretty damn well. And it's, mm-hmm. 
That's mind-boggling to me that he has come up from where he was in preseason and in his and is doing. Well, listen, his- Jim, it wasn't hard to come up from where he was in preseason because you know, I mean, he was you know a little um, meme of burnt toast. And yeah, that was oh, that he, was Needham. He was burnt and to it a crisp. It didn't matter the 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 pattern. He was getting toasted yep. every play. Yeah, yep. we kept saying, remember, who is yes. this number forty? Yes. Get him off he the field. Stinks. Yeah. <laughs> he stinks. Get him out of here. And, and now he's our our best corner. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. But, yeah. you know, they don't have a lot of talent on defense, but the talent they do have needs to stand up. And I'm talking about Baker and McMillan, who oh, has yes. played well at times. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we need the guys to step up now. The guys in the secondary, especially at safety, need to step up. You know, let's, let's see some uh, uh, turnovers and let's see some impact plays. Let's, the tackles let's, too, Mike. You know, throw yep. them in. Wilkins and Gotcha. I mean, they, these guys do have. I'm to actually play okay better. with. I, I'm okay with them. I think yeah. they've played reasonably well. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd like to see Taco. You know, get in there and, and cause some fumbles. He did cause one, but I, yeah. you know, I'd like to see more from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, he's played pretty well, but not well enough, especially against the run. Right. Yeah, they, they, we don't have anybody that can contain the edge very well. Yeah. You know, you want to see consistent defense, and that's really what I'm talking about. You want to see consistent defense. You want to see those edges contained, because if we have a weakness, that's it. It's around the edge. Absolutely. Nope. Uh-huh. We have a few weaknesses, Mike, but yes. Oh, yeah, that, we do, but that's, that's the, our biggest weakness, yeah. uh, you know, on the ground. That's the big one. There's no question about it. And, you know, we've talked about that as well. I mean, next year or this year in the draft, it's something that has to be addressed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, you can't get by on defense without guys doing what they need to do on the outside. Because what it forces you to do is bring your secondary up. Yes. And then it hurts you against the pass. So it, it... you're you're trying to you know put a bandaid on a weakness and you're actually making yourself worse instead of better. Absolutely, and it hurts the linebacker play as well, Mike. I mean, you Correct. know, we, we keep talking about McMillan and Baker, and on Monday we talked about Baker. You know, I I said I wasn't overly thrilled with as the season has progressed how he has played. He hasn't been a standout player, but that may have a lot to do with the fact that he's trying to do maybe a little too much out there because guys aren't getting the job done. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a team game. You know, it's that simple. You know, the guys next to you are going to make you look better. Well, you know how they say it's a week-to-week thing, and they get plan week-to-week, and they try and put players in position to succeed each week. But what they're really trying to do is stop the other team each week. Right. And, uh, you know, you want to take your weaknesses and, and hide them as much as possible. But sometimes you've got a matchup that's just not in your favor and you know it and there's nothing you can do about it because you don't have anybody better. Yeah, right. you just got to try to hide it best you can. As best you can, but yeah. sometimes you can't. You exactly. know, you just can't because you don't have an option to do so. Mm-hmm. We'll see if the Jets present us that kind of challenge. I don't really feel like they're going to. Mm, neither do I. I think Cincinnati will give us some issues because Mixon's a very good running back. And with Dalton at quarterback, he's, you know, he has his games where when he's on, he's trouble. So, yep. uh, you know, with that being said, I think they have, they've been playing, you know, if you look at Cincinnati, 
They've been in games. They haven't won them, but they've been in games. They haven't been getting just annihilated. The Jets have just had really bad games. I mean, bad games where they look horrible. Just dysfunctional. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last (laughs) week is a perfect example of that. So, you know, it's going to be interesting down the stretch. And you know what? I like the fact that we're playing teams that, are on the same level as us in regard to, you know, where they're at during the course of this, you know, over the course of this season. Going forward over these next few weeks, it's going to be fun to watch. And you know what? I'm looking forward to the New England game up in New England. I want to see how they're going to actually play against this team, if they can uh compete with them. You know what? That that going into Foxborough has been everybody's Achilles heel, but we have really struggled up there. And I'm I'm really curious to see how that Flores discipline and will will help that because we've had some bad games in Foxborough and and I'm looking forward to that one as well. We got a ways to go before Foxborough. Let's get through <laughs> the next three first. Mm-hmm. You know these are all games that we should be competitive in, and uh, you know an argument can be made we can win any of these next three. So we'll see what happens. Yes, that's it. That's it. Anything else you guys would like to add tonight? Uh. Jim? Uh, I don't have too much more to add. I've been kind of off the stage here for a few weeks, so I'm, uh, I, don't, I don't have too much extra to add right now. <laughs> uh, we, we didn't have a good week. I don't, I don't remember if we touched on this or not, Mike, on Monday. I think we did in regard to uh, you know, the other teams uh, and how they fared this past week and how it affects us in the draft. I know the, uh, the Steelers won. And the Texans won. That doesn't help us. We won, obviously. It doesn't help us. So we're always looking at that. And, we, you know, we want to win, but we kind of want those other two teams to lose, don't we? You know, I mean. Well, we do, but, you know, it's not happening. So there ain't much we can do about it. (laughs) Well, we can can hope that they, they lose a good amount of games down the stretch here. And, uh, you know, that, that favors us in the draft as well. And as Jim said before the show, you know, our compensatory uh, picks have dropped as well. So no matter where we're looking, we're dropping a little bit yeah. as far as those draft picks are concerned. But we still have the picks, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Yeah. Now, we did get – what were we getting compensa- compensatory picks for? Uh, it was John James, James and Wake. James and Wake, and both and of them are they're hurt. both hurt. Right. right, and they didn't really. They weren't very productive. So we we expected a third and a fifth. Now it's looking like a fourth and a sixth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not great, but you know what? It's That's just, if we get the fourth and sixth. You know, right. they're, they're, the the exact formula is not available for public consumption. So you mm. know, the, these are guesses. These are not uh, an exact science. Right. right. Well, fourth and six still wood to the fire. Right. Yeah. It's, That's it. That's it. More ammunition. There you go. I will say that, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are all focused on this quarterback or, or Chase Young or this pick or that yeah, pick. Yeah, I know. I just I, I try and tune that stuff out. Now, I know. Jim. I know. Everybody needs to just kind of relax and see how things play out. You know, the end of the season, we'll, we'll have three months to digest what's coming up in the draft. Let's just see if uh, is going to go back in the draft or if he's going to go, you know, not back in the draft, but back to Alabama or, right. you know, declare for the draft. We'll see. Right. Are you guys okay with Fitzpatrick starting next year? Yeah, I already told you that, didn't I? Yeah. I think I did. Jim? Yeah, I can live with it. Mm-hmm. I can too. I mean, I think yeah. it's fine. You put some more pieces around him. Next year's a building year. He allows you to uh, – 
get everybody going and and playing uh you know a respectable uh game mm-hmm you know, and I'm also okay with Josh Rosen if that's the decision. I'm assuming, Lou, that, that he is going to have an offseason. He's going to be in camp, and he is going to progress his game. If not, it's not a discussion because he won't he won't play. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm assuming he's going to you know progress. It's his second to third year. He should progress somewhat. And uh, if they decide that he's the best quarterback on the roster, I'm okay with them putting him in. But uh, I don't want them to force the issue because uh, none of us have liked what we've seen of him so far in its entirety. Right. right. They're not going to force the issue because it's not going to be a situation. I that's 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 my boldest, biggest prediction. <laughs> I, well, I agree, I agree with you. They didn't yeah, draft him. They right. didn't draft him. They yes. took a flyer on right. him. It's exactly. a lot different than if you draft a guy. Right. I just don't I don't see it going forward. I honestly don't think this guy is going to be part of it. He may be part of the team next year due to circumstances, but in regard to playing, I just don't see it. I don't see it. So we'll see. I don't see it either, but I'm saying if it happened, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> I don't know how. My you know, God. if I had if I had to guess right now, based on what we've seen, I'd say it's not going to oh, happen. Oh God, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> I really do. All right. Well, we know we we know how you feel about Rosen. We've been hearing it for six months. There you go. <laughs> You're going to hear it for another six months. <laughs> I know we you are. keep making comments like. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's been fun. There All you right. go. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for joining me this evening. Very well, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, Lou and I will be back Monday after the Jet game to tell you we were right. There you go. <laughs> well, I hope. Yeah, I hope so, too. I, hope. I hate the stinking Jets. Just always got to beat the stinking Jets. That's I right. know, right? Especially on their home field. We got to take it to them. Yep. Fins up, guys. Fins, Fins up, up, everybody. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 